We're kicking off our series on grace is the cure today. And listen, if you're here and you just come to a service and leave, can I encourage you to plug into a group during the series? You don't have to make a lifetime commitment. But as you exit the auditorium, you see tables in the lobby that have balloons on them. We'd love to help you connect with a group. We'd love to explain what the groups are. But every group here at Bethel over the, the timeline of this series, we're going to be discussing this series in the groups. So with every notes page that we put out, we're putting discussion questions there. Our groups are all involved. If, you, if you're not part of a group, just stop by the table, talk to them. If you say, you know what, I don't know that the group's for me, we make our digital copies of the notes page available in the version app. If you don't know what that's all about, stop at the Welcome Center, it'll show you. And every week in this study, we're including discussion questions. Just team up with one or two other people here and go through the questions. It's a great way to continue to learn. So here we go. What if God isn't who you think he is, and neither are you? What if God isn't who you think he is, and neither are you? So the fall happened. God created man and woman, put him in a garden. Satan had a plan to mess things up, which he did. And the Bible says that after Adam sinned, God came looking for him. And Adam hid. He hid from God because he was ashamed of his sin. So he ran in fear. You know, Adam's sin impacts us today. We do the same thing. We hide when we mess up. We run when we're fearful. His sin has impacted us. And in this mess that we're running from God, we're hiding from God, we learn as a young kid how to perform. You know, Santa Claus is coming to town theology, right? You better watch out. You better not cry. Why? Because Santa sees you when he's sleeping. He knows when you're awake. He knows if you've been bad or good. So be good for goodness sake. We teach this to our kids, right? And what we're saying is, hey, you better be good. Because if you're not, Santa's not coming. And so what we're doing at a very young age is we're teaching how to perform for love. How to perform for acceptance. And you know what? It's not a kid thing, is it? Every one of us. Some of us perfect that skill as adults. And we learn how to perform to be loved. We learn how to perform to get into the circles of friends that we want to get into. We learn how to perform to keep relationships going. We learn. The Bible says sin, when Adam sinned, sin entered the entire human race. It's this performance that we do. We want people to like us. We want people to think good things about us. We want to be in this friendship. We want to be in this relationship. And we've learned to perform, but it gets tiring after a while, doesn't it? I mean, let's just be honest. And into all of this, God dropped salvation. Christ had no sin, but God made him become sin. God did this for us so that in Christ, we could become right with God. And this is the game changer. This is the game changer. Because all of a sudden now, we don't have to perform for God. All of a sudden, we're accepted because of what Jesus did. 
Not because of what I do, but because of what Jesus did. So Jesus on the cross becomes my sin. I am dressed in his salvation. I'm dressed in his forgiveness. I'm accepted into the family of God. And that becomes a game changer in my life. Many of you have taken that step. If you've ever put your faith, your hope in Jesus Christ, you know what it's like that moment that you say, wow, Jesus is the Savior of the world. He died to forgive my sins. I need to take that step and receive that forgiveness. It's like things feel new, don't they? And it's so fresh. But something happens after a while. You're on this journey. I'm on this journey spiritually with Jesus. But all of a sudden, it doesn't feel the same. God starts to feel distant. My prayers don't feel like they're penetrating the roof of the room. And because I am used to performing for love, performing to be liked, I start to think, well, it's got to be my fault. After all, God didn't mess up. So God must see my sin. He must see the mess that I have in my life still. And he's angry. So he's withdrawing from me. He's distancing himself from me. Just like so many people do to us when we mess up, right? And you feel distant. You say, all right, I don't, I don't like this feeling of distance between God and me. What do I got to do? I got to fix this. I got to fix it. How do I fix it? Well, I can take two paths. I'm a follower of Jesus Christ, so I can take the path that says, I'm going to trust God, I'm going to trust what he says about me, or I can keep doing what I've been doing my entire life. I can keep trying to please people, I can keep trying to please God. So since trusting God seems too passive and too easy, I'm going to do what I know to do already. I'm used to performing for people, I'm used to performing for affection, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to perform for God. So now what I'm going to do is I want to say to God, you know what, God? I own my sin. I own my sin. Thank you that you died on the cross for me, that you shed your blood for me. I receive that forgiveness. You did your part. Now I have to do my part. I got to clean my sin up. And we start down this road. Because after all, the Bible says that God helps those who help themselves, right? No, it doesn't say that's not a verse. It's not a Bible verse. But we think it is. We think it sounds good. So now it's up to me. It's up to me. I got to fix it. I have to deal with the sin in my life. And that's what I set out to do. And my slogan, my motto is working hard to be all God wants me to be. Woo! Doesn't that sound great? I am working hard to be all that God wants me to be. I am going to work so hard. I am going to do everything I can do. I'm going to read my Bible. I'm going to do Bible studies. I'm going to read the Bible app. I'm going to be in church every time it's open. 
I'm going to be in a group. I'm going to serve. I'm going to give money in the offering. I'm going to be everything I know God wants me to be. Because after all, if I can only work hard enough, then my sin's going to get smaller. Can I let you in on a dirty little secret? That doesn't happen, does it? But the reality is, most Christians, most people who are followers of Jesus Christ, they don't talk about this. They don't talk about their struggles. They don't talk about the sin that keeps rearing its ugly head in their lives. They don't talk about the misery, the pain that they continue to carry in life, and they're wondering, when is God going to do something about it? We don't talk about that. And what happens is, I know I'm struggling. I know I'm drowning. I know that the sin in my life is not getting better. It's getting worse. And I look around, and I see a bunch of people in church, and everybody's smiling, and everybody's so happy, and you ask somebody how they're doing, and everybody says, oh, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. How about you, Rob? And I feel like I have to say, well, I'm I'm good. I'm good. I'm fine. And my life is falling apart. See, we learn to perform in church. We learn to perform with God because we can't figure out why we feel so distant from God. And we can't figure out why we're working so hard, but nothing's happening. I'm working so hard, God. I'm getting so tired. I'm getting weary. I'm doing everything I know to do but the sin isn't going away. I'm still struggling. And God, you're so distant. And so I I convince myself I have to work harder. I have to do more. The Apostle Paul wrote in Romans 7 that the things I don't want to do are the things that I do, and the things I want to do are the things I don't do. The Apostle Paul said that. What hope is there for me? So eventually we we get to a point where we just scream out to God and say, God, what do I have to do? What do I have to do? I've been trying so, so hard. I'm doing so much. And I'm exhausted. I don't know what else to do. And you're so distant from me. And I look around and no one else seems to be struggling like me because everyone's got a smile on their face and everybody says, oh, I'm fine. No one's saying that I'm drowning in my sin. No one's saying I had a miserable week. No one's saying I'm really struggling with understanding what God's doing. So it's got to be me. I have to be the problem. God made a mistake saving me because no one else is struggling like me. My sin must be worse than all of your sin. The very things I don't want to do are the things that I do. The things I want to do are the things I don't do. Wow, that's exhausting. People eventually give up. They give up. They say, you know, Christianity, following Jesus doesn't work for me. 
I tried. It just, it just doesn't work. And when people give up, one of two things happen. Either they just simply go through the motions, robotic motions. Go to church, serve. There's no joy. There's no peace. They stay spiritually mature their entire life because they're just going through empty motions. Or they walk away from God and walk away from the church. This is the destination that we all will reach when we take the responsibility to fix our own sin, to clean our own sin up. This is the destination that we will all ultimately get to when we believe that we have to work hard to be all that God wants me to be. So maybe we ought to take a look at the trusting God side. The pleasing God, working hard to be all God wants me to be, if that's going to lead to frustration, then what's trusting God all about? But trusting God seems passive, doesn't it? Like we're doers, right? We're used to performing. We're used to proving our worth to people, so we ought to be proving our worth to God. What's this trusting business all about? Trusting God is not easy. It's not passive. It's, it's actually very hard. Because when I say I'm going to trust God, God begins to grow my faith, my humility, and my transparency. And trusting God is living out of who God says I am. And, and that phrase is a phrase we're going to park on in this series. Living out of who God says I am. What is that about? The word grace appears 155 times in the New Testament. Sadly, a lot of us who call ourselves followers of Jesus, we know, we understand that salvation is a grace thing. We don't deserve salvation. Jesus died for us, forgives our sins, gives us access to heaven. Woo, that's totally grace. And we get it and we understand it and we love it. We don't understand what it is to live by grace. We don't know what it is to live by grace. That is a foreign concept to, to far too many Christians. And you know how I know that? Because so many of us believe that too much grace is dangerous. Woo, watch out, Pastor Rob, how much you talk about grace. Because if your people hear about grace, 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 they're going to live wild lives. You know how many times I've heard that? You know the Apostle Paul heard that, and he had to address it in Romans 5 through 8? You can read it in your Bible. They were saying the same thing 2,000 years ago to Apostle Paul. And the Apostle Paul says, should we continue to sin that God gives us more and more grace? And what's his response? God forbid. God forbid. If that's my response to grace... I don't understand what grace is. That's simple. Can I just show you some verses in the Bible that describe all of us who have taken the step to put our hope in Jesus Christ? This is what your Heavenly Father says about you. Be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Not performance, not doing. Be 
strong in the grace that is in Jesus Christ. We can't talk about grace enough. Acts, I entrust you to God and the message of his what? Grace. The message of God's grace is what's going to build us up. The message of God's grace is what's going to bring us to spiritual maturity. Hebrews, let's come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. We'll receive his mercy and find grace to help us when we need it most. Why do we continue to hide from God when we mess up? Why do we run from God when we mess up? We need to run to him. That's where the grace is. But we're so used to running from each other when we mess up, we think we have to do the same thing to God. And God's like, Rob, stop running. Stop performing, Rob. I love you the way you are. I love you with all of your sin. I've known about your sin from eternity past, Rob. None of it surprises me. Come to me when you mess up. Romans 5, Christ has brought us into that blessing of God's grace that we now enjoy. Romans 6, sin will have no mastery over you because you are not under law but under grace. Romans 8, there's no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. We have people in our lives who condemn us. We have people in our lives who are constantly telling us everything we're doing wrong, who are putting us down, who are saying, you shouldn't be going to church. If God says there's no condemnation for me in Jesus Christ, don't let other people condemn you and don't let yourself condemn you. We are God's masterpiece. He created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. God has got a plan that includes good in your life and he's got good things on your path. It doesn't matter how many generations the sin is in your family. It doesn't matter how many years or decades you struggled with sin in your life. God is putting you on a new path. He's got good things for you to do. You're a masterpiece. And then it is impossible to please God without faith. Impossible. Listen, if, you, if you're familiar with church, I want you to put everything you've ever heard about that verse out of your mind for just a second. And I want you to look at it in a fresh way. It is impossible to please God without faith. I cannot please God if I don't have the faith to believe that I am who he says I am. It's that simple. When God says I'm holy, in faith I have to believe that I'm holy. When God says that sin has no power in my life, in faith I have to believe that sin's power has been broken in my life. When the Bible says that I'm a new creation in Jesus Christ, I have to believe in faith that I'm a new creation in Jesus Christ. Even though I don't feel it, even though I'm in a terrible, sinful place, it takes faith to please God. See, what if, what if the blood of Jesus is so powerful what if the blood of Jesus is so powerful that instead of being revolted or revolt by our sin, Jesus doesn't run from me and my sin. Jesus stands right next to me, puts his arm around me, as I'm disgusted at my sin and I'm staring at it and, and 
And I'm saying, Jesus, I'm so embarrassed. And Jesus says, well, Rob, that, that's a pretty big pile. And you got some doozies in there. And I'm like, Jesus, it's so humiliating to have you here with me. I try to hide that from you. And Jesus is like, Rob, I'm not ashamed of you. I've never once been embarrassed of you. I love you. I died so that all of this stuff, you and I could deal with this. None of this stuff surprises me. And I'm like, Jesus, but, but it's so embarrassing. Here I am. All of these years I've been walking with you and I still struggle with some stuff that's been in my life for so long. It's humiliating. And Jesus says, hey, Rob, you ready to start dealing on your sin with me? How about the two of us attack it together? How about, Rob, you start believing what I say about you? It's grace. That's where the journey begins. That's what the series is all about. If you took DNA from a caterpillar and took it to a scientist and said, can you please tell me what DNA this is? The DNA would do all the tests on it. Or the scientists would do all sorts of tests. And what he would ultimately, he or she would ultimately say is, the DNA is from what? Butterfly. It doesn't matter that the caterpillar looks nothing like a butterfly. The DNA in the caterpillar is, is the DNA of a butterfly. Do you realize that our job in grace is to simply mature into what God has already declared us to be? Just like the butterfly. So the caterpillar looks nothing like a butterfly. Just like there are many days in my life I look nothing like a holy, devoted follower of Jesus Christ. Doesn't change the fact that I am. The caterpillar walks, the butterfly flies. There are days in my spiritual journey that I stumble and I fall and I can't even barely get up. It doesn't matter that sin has beat me that day or that week or that month. My DNA is holy and righteous and son of God. And God says, Rob, just get up, get up and mature into what I proclaim you to be. Just like the caterpillar. The caterpillar cannot help itself it will ultimately become a butterfly. And for those of us who have put our hope in Jesus Christ, we cannot help it either. We, will, we are sons and daughters of God, and we will be righteous before Jesus Christ. We can't help it. So what I'm asking all of us to do is to believe what Jesus says about you. Believe what your heavenly Father declares about you. And in faith, live that life. Anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. Gone. Past tense. I don't care what you struggle with today. God has proclaimed your old life is gone. Believe it in faith. A new life has what? Begun. Not will begin. Has begun. Walk in newness of life, believe what Father God says about you and about me. That's the beginning of our grace journey. It's going to be an awesome series.
Would you stand with me, please? We're going to pray. And we'll sing a worship song before we dismiss. Father, thank you for the reminder today. We are who you say we are. It's all about grace. There's not one of us in this room or watching online who deserves it. There's not one of us in this room or watching online who can earn your love. There's not one of us in this room or who's watching online who could sin so badly that you're ashamed of us when we're one of your kids. It's impossible. That's grace. Help us to walk in the newness of life that you've proclaimed over us and that you've placed in us. It's faith alone in Jesus Christ who does that. It's your grace that sustains us through all of this, Lord. Help us, help us in faith to believe that we really are who you proclaim us to be. That's my prayer. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.